Hello everyone and welcome to episode 103 of the IACast. My name is Michael Doeys and this week I'm here with another good group of folks. I'm here with Aaliyah Dudley. I don't know about that good statement. <laughs> Jeff Bishop. Hello everybody. Jason Earls. Hey everyone. And Allison Hartley. Can I be neutral good just to use a D&D reference? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Allison got a new toy. She got her new iPod Touch, another technology gadget for the, you know, Museum of Tech. That's Allison's right. The Allison Hartley Tech Museum. That's right. Yes. Five dollars. Yes, yes, Five dollars yes, yes. admission. Yes. <laughs> How much do you charge people just to like look at the devices? I mean, yeah. if if you charge admission, if they, you have to if, charge if they want to touch looking. them, it's another ten, right? It's Is another that how ten. That works? Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay. If they want instruction, <laughs> it's another fifteen. <laughs> On the right side, you'll see the the wild and uh, nearly extinct. Uh, iPhone 4. iPhone 4. <laughs> which, oh, yes. funnily enough, <laughs> right next to it is the new iPad, which looks kind of like the iPhone 4. Let's be real. Yeah, hey, so I have an iPod 3 Touch. Wow. I do. T- I, oh have a, I have a third-gen iPod Touch, too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found Sandy it has... still works, um, too. Yep. Sandy has what 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 was the last iPod touch with the 30 pin connector? Was that the third gen or was that the third, fourth gen? Uh third, I think. Okay. Uh was it is it I think curved that's on she... the bottom? No, I think it was the fourth. Um, uh yeah, maybe no, it was maybe... the fourth. I I no, I think it's a little flatter, so it might have been the fourth, but it does have a 30 pin connector. One of those older wow. devices. Yeah. But I mean, Allison has everything. iOS devices, Android devices. Yes, we told your secret. Not um, a Mac. And one of the things we want to talk about, we actually got to see the new uh, Macs and iPads, the new MacBook Airs and iPads. And so there is a little bit of news in the accessibility world that we wanted to discuss. So, Aaliyah, what did you find that they've changed on the Ira plans that's pretty significant? couple of things. First of all, there have been app updates to the iPhone app and to the app for the Horizon controller. And Horizon 1.3 brings several enhancements to Chloe, if you can get your device to work. Um, mine. Uh, I've heard a lot of reports of explorers <coughs> having major problems with the new software update but it's supposed to bring um a lot of enhancements so check it out download it um one of the bigger enhancements is reading entire documents chloe will help you position the phone at this point it is not on the glasses it is the phone driving this so if you have the glasses on you can't do it which is a little interesting um but that's one of the biggest things and now chloe will give you more information about site access locations and different things like that so also according to many sources ira has modified its previous plans and they are now going to allow those who are not on the intro, the $29 a month plan, or the basic, the $99 a month plan, to purchase extra minutes. This goes back on something that they said before, where only the top tier plans would be allowed to up 
uh, would be allowed to purchase extra minutes. Keep in mind, though, that if you do choose to upgrade rather than purchasing extra minutes, you will be prorated for the amount, for the difference. So if you updated 15 days into your billing cycle, the upgrade cost would be significantly less than it ordinarily would be because the month is already half over. So take those things into consideration um, when you're looking at the need for more minutes. You can always downgrade before your next billing cycle date. And so, but now if you need them or want them, you will be able to purchase extra minutes. Also, the minutes will be used after now your monthly plan minutes have been used, not before. So if you're on the $99 plan, you cannot purchase extra minutes? So what plan is above that just for people who don't know that? Pro, I think, is the next up. The two, the two hundred minute plan, which is the one twenty nine, I believe. Well, here's a question too: If they're prorating you for upgrades, if you downgrade, that you didn't get um, a credit for, like, you know, the amount of plan that no. you didn't use. So, no. like, if you because okay. there are no rollover. That is some good information about Ira. We want to keep you guys updated since that's kind of a big area in tech. Uh, in the accessibility world, uh, one of the things that Google just came out with recently was their new nighttime uh, photo shoot mode for Pixel 3 and 2. So that is pretty interesting. Uh, it's supposed to take very, very good night shots. So um, that is now uh, rolled out to the Google Pixel phones and the Google Stock Android experience. And basically... And this is something I think iOS needs. All you have to do is update the camera app uh, from the Play Store. You don't update the OS. You just update the camera app, which I think is great. I love how they handle that kind of feature update. Also, we've had the chance to go to the Apple Store and look at the new MacBook Air machines and the iPads. So, Aliyah, why don't you tell folks what you thought of the new Air the new Air has a lot more travel in it. It's um as far as the keys go, I think it's tolerable as far as the keyboard. I really wish they would go back to the standard keyboard and not this nasty thing. It does have a good bit more travel though. And it's it's reasonable. Um it's the Air is pretty thin. And it looks like a decent entry-level machine. It really does. But what was the one thing you were the most impressed about? Oh, yeah. The speakers. Holy smokes, the speakers. It doesn't sound mm. like a crappy MacBook Air anymore. It sounds like like better than my MacBook Pro. Wow. Well, I can say that because our Macs, I can say this because our Macs sound pretty similar. That doesn't take a lot to sound better than our MacBook Pros. Well, no, but, but for a little itty bitty machine. Well, and 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 that's the thing. Like when I heard, when I looked at the MacBook Air before the new ones came out, it still sounded better than my Mac. So that must mean it sounds pretty amazing. Like, is it anywhere close to the way our current iPad Pros sound? Yes, very. Oh, that's amazing. Would you say it's louder than the new than the iPad Pros or no? 
I didn't hear enough of it to know. Which now brings us to the new iPad Pros. And they are very boxy. They look like an iPhone 4 design. They're Ew. very squared on the back. And the, the edges <laughs> are rounded on the sides. But you could stack these iPad Pros together and they wouldn't you know, slide off of each other easily. They're very flat. I mean, it's it's very, very flat. That's all I can really say. It's not very rounded as typical Apple devices have been. So it's very interesting. But the 12-inch is smaller, and the 11-inch is the same size as the 12.5. But I'll tell you what. The screens are very nice and crisp and wait, clear. Wait, wait, The 11-inch is the same size as the 10.5 of the previous generation. It is. Not the 12.5. That's weird. No, the 11-inch is the same size as the 10.5. But the... 12.5 is slightly smaller than the previous generation of that. And the speakers, at least on the 12.5, are as loud as that new MacBook Air. And, if not louder. And you could hear a song easily at full blast uh, throughout the... I mean, it, it overrode the store noise level, which, at a full Apple store, the day after Black Friday... Is That's impressive. Yeah. How did they sound overall, though? Well, from the fact we couldn't louder, hear like... much of it. I mean, there's a lot of lows because it was shaking the entire iPad. But um, it it sounded good. It sounded to me like it would be better than the current model because they're bigger speakers than the 10.5, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, Right. The other reason why, if you're a low vision user, you may want to consider the 12.5 inch iPad if you're going to use the Apple Pencil. The Apple Pencil connects to the side of the iPad and the front on the right side, come to find out. Um, <laughs> found that out by accident. But the other thing is, is that that pencil on the, 10, on the 11 inch iPad actually bumps very close near the volume up and volume down button. And so, to me, that kind of makes it difficult to hit your volume buttons if you're charging your pencil. If you have the 12.5-inch variant, you won't have that issue. Now, did you get a chance to see the uh, the keyboard uh, folio cases for the iPads, oh, too? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Much more protection. Same uh, keys. Same where fabric is the, like, so keys. The smart cover uh, is on the back. Um, if you're holding your iPad in portrait mode, I believe it's on the bottom. Very odd. What the the smart the smart connector? connector? Yes, it's on the back. It's right above the USB C that's port. Interesting. Oh, that's weird. So how does that work in landscape? It's there's a connector that comes through. I think it's more like a like a cable that attaches as opposed to it'll still work in landscape. It but it that's it the case just attaches differently than. The old cases did. Huh. So is the actual like smart connector physically the same as the current ones on yes. our as the ones on our current iPads? Yeah. It felt I a think. little thicker to me. Like the, the three dots are a little thicker, but it may not be. But it works the same as the previous generation smart connector. Can you remind everyone, does this new iPad have a headphone jack? No. It does not. No. No. Yeah. It does not. Okay. Uh, they rely on USB-C connections and Bluetooth on this model, which 
mixed feelings about personally. I think it's... I do agree that a pro device needs a headphone jack. But I think that um, even with a lot of Apple's things, you know, you're going to use... Even though it's a pro device, they're expecting most users to be doing uh, content consumption on this device. So most people they think are going to be using Bluetooth headphones like their Beats and those kind of things, which are Bluetooth. So I wish that they would have more devices that could split, you know, the USB-C to uh, 3.5 and another USB-C, but it is what it is. Yeah, because I'm I'm pretty sure I read that Apple is now selling a USB-C to 3.5 millimeter adapter for the price of yeah the, they are um, the Lightning adapter, so like 9.99 or 10 bucks, whatever it was. But you know, again, you you can't charge your iPad and use wired headphones at the same time with that adapter. Um, and I kind of have mixed feelings about the headphone jack too. Like, I mean, I I really appreciate being able to charge my iPad and still use my headphones and not have to worry about a dongle if I don't want to use Bluetooth just because of the lag that Bluetooth has. Um, But I mean, at the same time, you know, podcasters and musicians and stuff, you know, there's, there is audio gear that is designed for, and I don't know what the current state is for the uh, new iPad since everything's USB-C, but you know, they do have iOS, um, audio interfaces that will have like their own headphone jacks and stuff. So, I mean, I guess in a way that sort of negates it, but for the average person who just wants to be able to charge their iPad and use their headphones, well, I guess there are those Belkin USB-C splitter things, aren't there? I don't know about Belkin, but they exist. I mean, and there are hubs, but it's still easier to just have a headphone jack in my opinion. Right. I will be getting one of these iPads, and we will definitely have an unbox cast. I think I'm going with the 12.5, 12.9-inch. Oh, my God, <gasps> stop saying 12.5. Whatever. <laughs> the 12.9-inch, because it's going to have the better sound. It's going to sound the best, and honestly, I like that. Need I say, geek, geek. <laughs> and you'll need a little red wagon to carry it around. <laughs> uh, well... You know, I owned the 12.5 of 12.9 before and it was a nice device and now it's smaller. So, and the reason why it's smaller folks is because they removed the bezel around the screen. There's still somewhat of one, but it's a lot smaller than it used to be. With that, we will move on to our ad for the week and that is going to be some exciting news that we have as i accessibility. We now have our official IACast for Android app. Uh, this was put together by Libsyn, so we're very excited about that. They built us an app where you can listen to all of our episodes, and it's really, really cool. So head to Google Play and look up IACast, and it will be there. You'll be able to listen to all of our episodes, get push notifications when new episodes come out, and you'll be able to uh, leave comments and leave us feedback in the app. So. We're very, very excited about this. So uh, the link to the app will be in the show notes, and um, it will be the IACast app on Google Play. We talked about last week main, you know, building a computer and getting everything ready to get it going and some good do's and don'ts and safety techniques. So today we wanted to talk about maintaining your computer. 
how to keep it running well. And this goes from computers to tablets to smartphones to pretty much any electronics device. So let's start out with, you know, we pretty much have everybody here, I believe, from last time. Plus Jason. Oh, with the addition oh of me. Gosh. I wasn't on the last episode. See, I was giving you credit for even <laughs> being here when you weren't. So, ha. Well, okay. I was there for part of the episode. I just wasn't on the right, show. Right, right. So, yeah. we talked about building a computer. So, let's talk about maintaining it. So, when you have a PC or a laptop, they get older, right? When we, as soon as we turn them on the first time, their lifespan starts to decrease. It's like a car. You drive it like out of the car. lot, and the value drops by half. What? And the, re the reason is, as the electronics yeah. are used and the devices are being uh, operated, dust gets in the machines, and uh, parts wear out. Jeff, what have been some techniques uh, that you've used while you building and using computers to maintain the insides of a computer that you've used? Yeah, I think the big thing here is just, and, and we talked a little bit about this uh, in the last show, just making sure that, you know, keep your environment clean and then if necessary, you know, blow some air through the 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 fans and so you have really good cooling. The big cruft that you're going to have is with um, operating systems that have been running, you know, for a year or two, it's often a really good practice every year or two to actually, you know, reinstall your operating system and reinstall your applications, you'll notice a very significant performance boost when you do that. That's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work. I've done it before, but it's a lot of it's work. It's a lot of work, but it's I think yeah. you'll notice a difference if you do it. And that even goes for the Mac. Yeah, I've actually noticed I've actually noticed a difference even doing a fresh OS install and restoring from a time machine backup. You know, you would think that if you would restore from your time machine backup, you'd have all the issues from your, you know, installation before you wiped it away. But I've still noticed a bit of a performance gain. Now, I haven't done that lately because um, I my Mac doesn't seem like I need it, but it's interesting. One of the really neat tricks that I do is I put all of the software that I plan on installing on my machine, either in Dropbox or OneDrive. And so if I am going to reinstall my operating system and I install Dropbox, OneDrive, and then I also install 1Password, I basically have everything I need to be able to get up to speed very, very quickly with all of that information stored in, in cloud. So, you know, I can get my applications and get them installed and it cuts down the time of, you know, having to hunt down installation media or go to the web and download each of the builds of, of the software, it, it really, really speeds things up. So that's what I do, and it really makes a big difference. I've actually, because in Time Machine, you can choose what you want the Mac to restore. Um, and if I remember correctly, I've been able to tell it to just install like my applications that I had installed so it wouldn't have all of the data from the applications. It would just have them. So I've been able to very quickly get back up and running that way as well you know, different from just doing a full, a full on system restore. So I'm weird. I don't have my apps in the cloud. <laughs> well, when you, when you have one terabyte of space with OneDrive uh, or with Dropbox, then 
you know, it's a pretty easy thing to just keep everything up there. It doesn't take much room. Yeah, and, and I agree with Jeff. It's really nice to be able to, you know, have that software backed up. The only thing, you know, as as time goes by, you may want to replace your installation files its way. Yeah, if there's a lot of updates, you have to install the software, then update it to the latest version. But I agree, that's a good way to do it. And, you know, there's two ways of doing backups. You know, Jason talked about using Time Machine. You know, there's Backblaze. There's other backup methods like that. But, like, what I do is I just store all my documents in the cloud with OneDrive or Dropbox or, you know, any of the others. And that way, anything I save is already stored in uh, on the Internet. So that way, I don't have to worry about a backup, taking up hard drive space or any of that. I don't like to use physical media because that is the biggest point of failure uh, you know, on a computer. So I try to use more cloud storage than anything uh, so that I'm not relying on you know, in-house uh, media. I mean, both methods are good. It's just what's your prefer personal preference? I think the real key thing to remember here is that with something like OneDrive, you're not physically storing your files on your physical disk, uh, especially if you do a reinstall of, of Windows. It's just simply giving you pointers to those files. So if you need something, then you simply just have to download that specific file, whether it be a document or an executable or whatever the case may be. So really, you can get away with, if you're buying a new computer, you, you can get away with a lot less disk space if you're utilizing the cloud platform. So it just depends on how comfortable you feel in doing that. But it's really great. You can put your entire music library up in the cloud. And as long as you have access to the internet, if you want to play a track, you don't have to have all, you know, 800 gig of it stored locally on your hard drive. I actually do have my documents in iCloud Drive. Finally, I uh, decided to, to, to do that. I have the 200 gig plan. Um, and so I'm, I, I am doing that. And of course, I also have Apple Music, so I don't really need my music library that I haven't updated in God knows how long. <laughs> I just, I can't bring myself to delete it. So I guess I'm this weird mix of old versus, or old school versus new school. I don't know. I'm just, I'm strange. But then again, we all knew this. <laughs> I've got everything spread out between OneDrive, iCloud Drive, Dropbox. I have to always look in like three different places to make sure that I've got everything. I have a very, very large um, music library, and I am working on coming to terms with that giant music library and organizing it, removing duplicates, and um, getting it manageable. But once I do that, you know... I have a 750 gigabyte external hard drive that has 680 gigs full, I think, of stuff. And so I plan on finding some sort of service where I can put uh, put that media somewhere. I don't know what it'll be because I have a terabyte of OneDrive that I can use. But we'll see. We'll see because I have a lot of descriptive movies and tv shows too so could get interesting oh my god i have a bunch of those stored on a on a network drive connected to my my no longer sold airport router <sighs> it makes me sick 
but I, I don't know if I want to like find a place for them or if I just want to keep them at home and just like fill up a device or whatever. If I know I'm going to be gone long enough, just fill it up with the movies I want as opposed to having, you know, some service having to index on my device while I'm traveling or try to stream okay, the so uh, file over the network. Can you pay for more OneDrive if you need it? So if you need more than the terabyte, I wonder. I don't think so. So, Allison, how do you handle, uh, you know, disaster situations? Do you back up to other hard drives or to the cloud? I'm all cloud. I have all my software, all my well, all my licenses are now in one password, which is awesome because now whenever I'm installing on anything, I just go into one password and I have everything that I need. As far as installation media, I periodically update that, usually in a Dropbox folder. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty simple bare bones strategy. I have, um, you know, Viper advanced, Viper advanced security that I just plop onto any new machine I get and put the license from a, from a one password and away I go. And also you could rent server space and get your own, enroll your own cloud storage for keeping track of your files. There's, you know, we used one for quite some time called own cloud, O W N cloud. And very neat service it allows you to back up to however much space you have on your server so there's options for all kinds of things out there so well, there's also options where you can send a hard drive in to a company and they'll load all the files that are on the drive in cloud and then ship the drive back to you as well oh that's so neat. there's all kinds of options there yeah yeah oh yeah so that is some options for backing up your stuff and keeping your operating systems, you know, good to go. Let's talk about your laptops. Is there anything different that you would do to the hardware of your laptop to keep it maintained? And, you know, obviously making sure your keyboard stays clean. I have You're an idea. I know. I know. I know. Take the biggest two liter bottle of Coke and put it right next to my keyboard with the lid off. That's what I do. <laughs> oh yeah, or, and, or or have the cat spill a giant, you know, forty-four ounce cup of water into your laptop and have it destroy oh the laptop. Gosh. Yeah, that Meow. that works too, by the way. Yeah. Well, what I think I'm gonna do, um, in this, I mean, I this is a really good way to test and make sure that your fans are able to spin. Um, and in fact, the more you do this, the faster the fans will spin. So. If you if you're a smoker, make sure that you smoke around your laptop. Make sure that you cover up those those heat vents with all that lovely cigarette ash. And the more that you do that, the faster your fans will spin, and you will be able to tell if they're working properly. Now, the fact that your computer will heat up is also a side benefit because that you can use to say warm up some sort of a I don't know snack on if you don't want to eat it cold or something, or your hands or light you your next cigarette in the cold. Yeah, like <laughs> obviously we're joking, folks. Um, just had to put that out there. And I don't. Yes, and for the record, I don't smoke. The other thing, oh, you know, you know, the other thing I like to do is stand at the top of a staircase and and drop my laptop down there. Yeah, you know, just. Oh yeah, that's a good. I watch it. That's yeah. Yeah. right there. Y'all, yeah. y'all do well, know what? Okay. The, All right, y'all do know what the best I, use of a CD geez, drive is, right? You guys are bad. Yeah, a cup drink holder. Coaster. Yes, coffee yeah. mug holder or drink holder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with all the... It'll even CDs move it to you and move days. it away from you. Just 
Yeah, it'll even move it towards you, move it away from you. For as long as your mug's small enough, you can just and, turn the yeah. computer sideways. And you could actually use that to get that coffee mug closest to your computer for maximum damage. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, yes, <laughs> no. folks, we are kidding. Water. We are kidding. <laughs> you, you, know, ba- you know, back in the day, back in the 80s, when we had Commodore computers, <laughs> we used to be able, these uh, drives actually had processors in them. The 1541 and the 1571 uh, floppy disk drives actually had processors inside them. And what we would do is we would download code to these and we would make them play songs. Have any of you guys heard the YouTube video where the guy was playing the Star Wars theme with the floppy disk drive? No. I've heard about I've that. Heard of, I've heard yes. other things played on <laughs> floppy drives and on dot matrix printers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think well, this was a floppy drive. Well, the worst hard drive uh, ruination I've heard of was... Some folks made a Minecraft server on a home PC. Now, here's oh. perspective. Minecraft servers can be infinite. You can walk forever. They put six people in that server, and they all walked in a different direction infinitely. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the world had already oh. built its initial chunk. That's what they call these blocks that start out in the world and it's basically a bunch of numbers and so as you start walking it generates more terrain based off of an algorithm and as you keep going it writes more to the disc and so the players kept going outward further and further outward and outward and then sometimes would go back inward to go back and see and you know check on what they've done well a hard drive has one what's called a read head it's kind of like the needle on a record. As it's spinning, it's reading the cylinders and the platters on the, on the hard drive. And the hard drive was not actually able to keep up with the demands of the networking capability of the computer. And the read head actually was moving so fast it burnt out the drive. Oh, gosh. That would have been interesting to hear. I know. But it's amazing how <laughs> our tech... I mean, that was Minecraft. Terrible graphics. But yet so vast that it can bust a hard drive so all of this to say guys take good care of your parts um you know make sure that i do i shower every day (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) she said it i thought her minds went there at the same time (laughs) wow So, again, let's rephrase that. Take care of your computer parts. Uh, Make sure that they stay in good condition. Make sure they stay dust-free. And on a laptop, sometimes some compressed air in the keyboard helps. On some of these Dell machines, you can actually take off the bottom plate and, you know, use some compressed air on those those components. Not that Michael did that last night or anything. Right. Some some computers, (laughs) it's difficult to do that, too, but... Dell and no, I've actually brands, it's easier. I've actually read one of the things you can do, and I haven't tried this. Is you can if your if your laptop has like a an intake that you can find. To me, this sounds like it would make the problem worse. But supposedly, you can spray compressed air in there, and it forces the dust to move out of it if you have the machine tilted so that the intake's facing the ground. That can help for some of it, uh, but again, 
Also, keep in mind, if you have a new-ish computer, a lot of your parts are soldered onto the motherboard. So you can probably get some air going through the machine, but you may actually have to take it in for special handling to maintain the hardware components of a computer, of a laptop. Another thing that I'm seeing is a lot of these, there's a lot of new Dell computers that are so small, they're probably using some laptop parts. So getting your hands into those machines to spray compressed air may be difficult. So you may have to bring some of these machines in, but it's important to make sure that you do keep them maintained and keep them in good health. And that goes for uh, virus protection and computer hygiene as well. Allison, yeah, you talk- dirty. Allison, Don't be you- dirty. Allison, you talked a little bit about, <laughs> you know, what antivirus program do you use? Uh, Jeff, do you use anything in Windows to uh, to keep your computer secure? You know, I really just use uh, Windows Defender. I don't really think that anyone really needs anything other than that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really think that uh, that it's that it's really necessary. I run malware bytes, you know, once in a while to clear out some things, but uh, I don't run Viper or or anything else at this point. Interesting. You really think that that's all that's needed now? Because I'm thinking I'm probably not going to renew my license if that's the case. Yeah, no, I, I really don't think that that is necessary. I mean, it, you know, I think the real key thing here, too, is to just make sure pra- practice safe computing. You know, um, you know where you <gasps> venture. And uh, yeah, yes. just, you know, don't <laughs> don't open attachments that come from untrusted sources and don't click on links with the uh, spammy email and you know, just just be the great computer users that all of you are. But Jeff, and you're going to lower your risk. They so. promised me fifty well, million. They from they promised me fifty million dollars. Is that's what it said? It said fifty. Well, you zero, know, zero, 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 you could use that with your Monopoly game. If dollars you want. is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and also, guys, remember, you did not win a like. You did you. <laughs> You did not win a 4-N-G-H-T-S-T-Y in F-L-D-R-A, I promise. You didn't. I okay. have literally seen an email like that. And 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 it was, more it than was likely, bad. if you get a random phone call, you did not break the internet. No. No. Or, or, or right. your computer's not infected with a virus if someone calls you. No. But I do recommend <laughs> these tips, though. When you have a Windows computer or even a Mac, make sure that you create a secondary account. So when you set up your computer, set up an administrator yes. account. Don't run as in, don't run your machine as an admin. You know, create an administrative user and only use that account when necessary. Right. In that, the do as I say, not as I do department. Not as I do, say. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah, Mac that's actually, makes you that's actually true. <laughs> the, the Mac, the Mac, though, the, I, lo- I love that. Literally, we're all saying the same thing. But the Mac <laughs> does make you authenticate, though, with a username and password before you can do things like install a lot of new software. And, well, so does Windows. But well, even yeah, if you're logged Windows, in, you can just hit Alt Y and. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you're still, you know, able to just say, yeah, that's fine. But if you have a different yeah, account, that's correct. it makes you right. think about what you're doing. Even on the Mac, you just type yep. in your password and not even think about it. But 
you know, if you have that other account, you have to select the username and pick the password. So it's one more step. The other thing that I always recommend people do wherever possible is to enable what's called two-factor authentication. This makes sure that you are who you are when you sign in because it will use a second method to um, get a hold of you to log you in. It annoys me so much whenever I need to, like, sign a new device into my Apple ID for whatever reason, but, oh, I love it at the same time. (laughs) You you should do it on all of your email account types, whatever the case may be, whether it's an Outlook.com account, a Gmail account, uh, you know, a Yahoo account. I hope you're not using Yahoo, but if you are, um, you know, whatever the case may be, if it it has two-factor authentication available to you, then definitely, definitely utilize it. And the other thing is using good password strength. You know, if you... Oh, dang. My password can't be doggy123. No. Is it, it monkey123, one of the top passwords? It's like one of the top five passwords, wow. I think. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And so is one, mine two, three, is just four. pass... Mine's password. You know what mine is? Because nobody's going to think to guess mine's password. Mine's hack me. <laughs> Please. And if you're feeling <laughs> polite. <laughs> actually, you know what? Hack me, please, would actually be more of a difficult password. <laughs> well, That's so there's a, there's a website that uh, all of you should be aware of. It's called IHaveBeenPwned.com. And it is a website where you can go over and check the passwords that you use on accounts and find out if they've been used or have been uh, you know revealed on other sites. So it's a safe site. It's actually a site that one password, you know, works with quite aggressively. And uh, you can go there and it will tell you that if if you type in a password that you use and if it's been exposed, it will tell you on what sites that that password has been exposed from. Wow. So, you know, this is also a way of figuring I out, need to do this. you know, where that password yes. has been used. Right? So, yeah. Yep. And also... While we're on the topic of passwords, you probably don't want to use the same password on every single website, even though, no. like, I'm sure even that... it's so convenient. <laughs> yes, Don't it is. do it. Yeah. But, you know, a way that you can know that you have a good password, there's what is called a brute force attack, where a computer, a hacker will try to take your password and break it apart and go through different variations and they learn it character by character. What they do is they go in by four character chunks. At least the last time I heard about this is how this worked. They go by four character chunks, so the anything over four characters they have to start on the second chunk. And so if you have eight characters, that's still two chunks. Nine through twelve is another. So the more of those you have, the better. Then they look for words in those chunks, and then they look for characters with numbers, characters with punctuation, and, you know. So the more variations you can add, the better your password will be. So if you have a password that said I space 8 space about space 5 plus 10 cookies this afternoon, period. That's actually a pretty strong password. (laughs) 
Right. But let's talk about this a second. So really, the, the best strength passwords are those that are random, contain upper and lower uh, case characters, uh, numbers, and symbols. And so really, your best thing to do is to use something like 1Password or LastPass or something of that ilk and allow it to generate at least a 16-character password that is completely random. Exactly. There's really no reason for you to memorize a password. You know, you should know your master password for 1Password or LastPass or whatever tool you're using. But as far as everything else, let the tool just give you the password when you need it. You know, so for example, my Amazon password is 64 characters long and it's completely random and it's got, you know, God, I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's got symbols, it's got numbers, it's got upper and lower case characters, it's got punctuation, it's got everything in it. And, uh, the, you know, there is no way, at least with today's technology, that someone's going to be able to crack that, uh, at least in you know, you know, a really short period of time, that's for sure. It, it would take them years to crack something like that. So just utilize the tools that exist today. They all integrate into your browser, whether you use Edge, Internet Explorer, Firefox, or Chrome. It doesn't really matter. All of these things have plugins, and they'll plug right into your browser. And, you know, when you need to simply log into a website, then the tool will guide you through that process. It's fantastic. So I think the best piece of advice we can give you from a security perspective is to use a password management tool like 1Password. 1Password is my favorite. It's cross-platform. It works on Mac, iOS, Android, and Windows, and they're all very accessible. In fact, the Windows version is very accessible. It requires uh, a monthly subscription fee now if you want to be able to use all the features across the products. But what's really cool is you pay $5 a month and you have it for all your platforms. It's the best $5 a month that I spend. If you get the family plan, then you can get up to, I think it's five or six uh, accounts that That's are allowed to, to use have. the service. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I signed and I in early. So I have six. Yeah. So it's fantastic. So, you know, LastPass has this capability as well. I believe they have family accounts uh, as well. And they even have business plans. Both of these do, I believe. So if you're in a corporate environment or a business environment, small business, and you could even utilize it for that, they have shared vaults so you can share passwords for common things. You know, for example, if you uh, share a bank account, you could put that in, in uh, a shared vault so that you don't have to have it in your own personal, you know, one password space. If you, you and your significant other share something like that, then you just put it in the shared shared area and both of you have access to it. It's really, really great stuff. Don't Windows and OS X or Mac OS both have built-in password assistant tools as well? I mean, they're not. If 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 they ex I, mean, I know the Mac does. Yeah. But if if it exists yep. in Windows, I know they they aren't going to be nearly you as. You can store your passwords. One password. Right. But and I don't the Mac can also suggest them those. for you. Right. I don't recommend using them um, unless you are using, you know, for example, if you have a Mac and a Windows device and an iOS device, you're not going to be able to share those keychains in all of those platforms. Mm -hmm. So really, that's why I keep saying, I, I think it's better to go with a third-party password management system where that's all cross-platform. It's all available to you no matter what platform you're on. Well, yeah, I just wanted to list all the options that were available to people. Yep. 
Do you guys personally believe in the usefulness of warranties on your phones, computers, and uh, other electronics devices? If okay, well, I have an opinion it, on this one. Yeah. I think <clears throat> if it's a desktop, uh, I think a, a one-year warranty is perfectly fine. You know, you, you put it on a desk. If something's going to go wrong with it, it generally will within the first year. If if the warranty is inexpensive, then I would go ahead and buy it. But generally, they're they're not. They're generally pretty pricey. So, uh, for a desktop computer, I would really think twice about buying one. For a laptop, that really depends on how you treat your laptop. What I mean by that is, if you buy a laptop, but it really is a desktop type device to you, meaning you don't really go out, you know, it sits on your desk at home and you don't really move it around a lot. Well, then you might want to think twice about getting a warranty for it. However, if you take it everywhere you go, you go to the coffee shop and you work on, you know, documents as your, you know, uh, nice uh, little item that you muffin keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then, yes, I would highly recommend it. um, And I would get the accidental damage protection for the for the device as well. And it depends, you know, if you buy a laptop that you think you're going to use for four or five years, then I would definitely buy a warranty that, you know, for as long as you possibly can. Yes, it's going to add two to three, maybe even $400 more to the to the cost of the laptop. But trust me, uh, you don't know what others are going to do around you and you don't know necessarily what you're going to do around yourself. Um, accidents happen. And especially if you're buying a... Uh, you know, $1,500, $2,000 computer, uh, you know, laptop, that's going to be more difficult to replace. If you're buying, say, a $300 laptop, well, then no, I probably wouldn't buy a warranty or even a $500 laptop. That's pretty easily replaced, you know. Uh, so I, you, you really got to look at how much have you invested into, into the device, how much you're going to move it around and use it out in the environment, and you know, what, what you really want to risk. That's, it's all about risk, right? It's a warranty is really insurance is really what it is for a laptop. I would sleep well at night having it. <laughs> well, I know I'm definitely glad that I had, um, Apple care on, on my Macs because one of my Macs had a bit of a battery issue that, uh, I think at the time I would have needed to pay for if, uh, to get fixed if I didn't have Apple Care. Um and then I had I had a microphone issue on that same Mac that ended up not getting fixed. I think I've talked about this on the show uh in the past that ended up resulting in this Mac that I have now, but I did get Apple Care for it. So far the only real issue I've had is a split key and I don't know how much Apple would have charged me in order to get that key replaced if I didn't have Apple Care. But I mean, even so, I'm still glad that I had Apple Care just in case. I mean, it's it's expired now, but I mean it's as as you said, Jeff, it, it made me feel better. <laughs> At least even here's, though it added. same thing. Yeah, same here's thing a really good example. Me. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. We went over to uh you know, my in-laws and Carrie's brother, Mike, bought a $2,500 
Dell laptop. And he was all proud of it. You know, he was showing it around, showing it to everybody. And he says, well, I got to go. I'll, I'll catch everybody later. So he takes the laptop, takes it out into the van, puts it in the the, the little uh, spongy thing in the back of the seat. You know how those the, they have those little holders on the back of the seats in the van? Jumped in the van, slid his seat back, completely shattered the screen of the laptop because he forgot oh, there was something no. in the back. Oh. And so he comes back in. He oh. was so upset. And I said, did you buy a warranty? Silence. So oh, this is gosh. yet an example of... You know, be careful because uh, <laughs> you you really don't know what you will do to yourself. And yeah. that's, you know, that's so, so true. So just think about it. You know, if you're going to invest that kind of money into a, a, a laptop, um, you really want to think about investing in that warranty. And that really goes for your iPhone, too. You know, these iPhones are getting expensive. You know, $1,100, $1,200 for an iPhone. Uh Boy, that 20, 25% you're spending on Apple Care, that that seems uh relatively cheap when you drop your device and the screen shatters. Oh yeah, and at least with the iPhones now you can pay um per month for the different uh Apple Care options. So you yep, don't necessarily you have yep. to pay that up front. I wish more companies would do that with warranties. Yep. And of course with the iPhone you have like insurance through your carrier as well if you uh, but that is that is totally bunk. Right? The insurance for the carrier. Yeah, do not buy it through your carrier, guys. It's really no, bad. I would totally I recommend once, it. But yeah, I did that once, totally and I and I had it. to get my my uh, screen replaced, and they charged me basically two hundred dollars for a, for a new device, whereas yep. one ninety nine. Yeah, it was it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Do not go through your carrier. That's that's really bad news. Interesting. I've always I've, gone I've through heard my both good. Well, I've yeah, heard both good and bad stories. In fact, <laughs> when I got that. my iPhone with that. Sprint, when I got my iPhone with Sprint, um, they didn't even offer me uh, carrier insurance. The only insurance I was offered was Apple Care. So, well, out of interesting. T Mobile now, T Mobile may be different though. So, because I think you have T Mobile, right, Michael? I have. No, I have. I have, I have Verizon. T-Mobile. Oh, you have Verizon. Okay, I have AT and T. And I know that theirs is is one ninety nine to replace your device, no matter so what. What is what is Apple Care to replace your device? I think uh, it's it depends on the it, de- it, depends, it depends on, on the, the phone. Device. Yeah, but but for example, if you have Apple Care and you shatter your screen, then it's only you know what forty nine to fix the screen. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, so like the, these prices, uh, we're just guessing on prices, guys. So don't quote us on these prices. Well, and and now Apple Care does have that theft protection option for for yep. new phones. Well, and here here's the thing for me, folks. I just had to bring my computer into Apple for the second time, and it what happened was it was brought in the first time because it was locking up, and they still are even this time they're saying they can't replicate the problem, even though they saw the problem happening they can't replicate the problem but the computer is making a high-pitched noise it's making it's giving the folder blinking with a question mark in it which tells me that the drive is going bad all kinds of stuff like that and um, they are basically because i have apple care on that computer they're replacing the logic board and the ssd so because i had apple care 
that repair is going to cost me nothing at all. Mm-hmm. So, and you would be paying like what, maybe 800, 900 actually, bucks with parts and labor se- if you didn't have 575 it. was the quote, which I'm actually kind of surprised. Well, that's cheap, SSD. actually. For, for an SSD the, and a motherboard, that's cheap. Yeah, I thought the logic boards alone were like 600 or something to yeah, get replaced. That, that, that's cheap, Michael. I know, but still, wow. if I don't have to pay that. Yeah. No, no, I know, but I mean, th- right. that, that number surprises me. Me too. I just, yeah, it's interesting. So, Michael, you asked a question about what do we do to maintain our, our laptops differently than, say, our desktops. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to that in just a minute. We, uh, we talked a little bit about this before, about you know storing your, your documents and, and files in cloud. And again, this is even more important on laptops generally, unless you're crazy like me and going to really geek out and, and invest quite a bit of money into a laptop. Generally, laptops have less disk space than your desktop machines do. Mm-hmm. So you really want to make sure that in this case, you really be really careful on the amount of things that you're storing on the laptop itself. Uh, using something like OneDrive or the upper tier Dropbox plans where they have the ability of not storing the physical files on disk, but just giving you pointers to those files. Um, that's really the way to go here because you could have lots of, of files available to you when you need them. Um, you know, on a, on a desktop, the one of the key principles that, that we always talk about is separating your data from your operating system or your system disk. Uh, this is really important too. So just keep all of that in mind on the desktop and on, and on the laptop. If you are purchasing a laptop, we talked about this a little bit before, but if you're purchasing a laptop, you really want to invest in a laptop with a solid state disk. There is no reason today why you should ever, ever buy a laptop with a spinning drive in it. Uh, you're, you're really doing yourself an injustice by doing that. Yes, you're going to spend a little bit more for that device, but trust me, it's way, way worth it. I'm actually going to uh, look into getting an SSD for my uh, PC um, because it didn't come with one when I got it. It came with a 7200 RPM um, 500 gig drive, so I'm going to look into getting an SSD that's either equal to or greater than um, the current space I have. I'm, well, technically, I guess the SSD will be greater than because it'll probably be 512 gigs, but 12 gigs. So, Allison, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to do it. Allison, I know you, you know, when you, I, I guess the, the term go big or go home applies to you because yes. on your Surface Book, <laughs> you got the one terabyte drive. Are you using that for what it's worth or? <laughs> no, but I like knowing that I have it. Um, I mean, I do have a lot of stuff in my Dropbox that's also on my computer. So, but I haven't even filled up probably a quarter of it. I mean, I just like knowing that that space is available to me. That's my old school thing. <laughs> well, it's more, it's even more important, though, with solid state disks because you can't upgrade that real easily. Mm-hmm. No. It's also important to know you can hook up external uh, drives to your computer if you want. It, say you're like me and you have a lot of games or you do audio production and you want to be able to store your media, your, your audio off your computer. 
uh, you can hook up external drives, which are relatively inexpensive uh, to get that uh, capability. Absolutely. Yep. And, and especially if you have company. a Thunderbolt 3 uh, port on your laptop and you you know buy devices that support that, you're going to get really fast performance or mm-hmm. or maybe even, you know, the the upper tier, you know, you know USB-C devices as well. And companies are starting to make SSD external drives as well. Um, yes. And I know, I don't know, I don't know if they still exist, but I was looking into one of these a while back. Um, it's called the TARDISC, I think. And it's sort of a parish shaped device from what I remember reading. Um, on one side, it's like rounded. And it goes into the SD card slot of your Mac. This is this. It honestly, it sounds kind of scary, but I was still looking into it because I was curious. And it somehow ha- it has a controller in it. And I think they came in. It was either one twenty eight or two fifty six gig configurations, or it was two fifty six five. I don't remember. But you connected it to the SD card slot of your Mac, and it would integrate into your current. Um, file system and it would it would show up as one big drive so your drive would be split between you know if you had a 256 gig drive and a 256 gig disk tar disk or whatever they were called um then your computer would show a combined storage space of 512 you know those security things that we've been talking about yeah no (laughs) yeah that scares me Basically, you don't know what that thing's doing. I mean, it could do that and, uh-huh. and attach itself to your drive and make it bigger, but what else is it yeah. doing? Yeah, That's be really careful with that kind of stuff, guys. Yeah. yeah. That, you, there yeah. are enclosures you can buy. So you can buy these boxes, and you can put you know uh, drives inside these enclosures and then connect them to your laptop or even your desktop computer. And you can put SSDs in there. You can get 2.5 or 3.5-inch enclosures. And you just you know slide a disk in there, and it automatically connects. It supports all the different uh, protocols that your computer will understand to be able to connect to that drive. And, uh, yeah, and they're cheap. These you know, enclosures are, are, really, are really inexpensive. I actually have a really cool enclosure. It looks like, um, it, it, it looks like a... Uh... When, when you have the drive connected and stuff, it actually does look like it's just an external drive. It's really cool. It seals up nice. Um, yep. It's got padding, I think. Uh, I I don't have a... I, I haven't looked at it in a long time. I just threw a, a drive in there from the... Uh, uh, an old computer that I had when I was putting another SSD inside of it. Um, but it's it's a pretty cool enclosure. Yeah, and some of them are hot swappable, so you just push a button on the device, it ejects the disk, you slide another one in, and you're ready to mm-hmm. go. All right, so I think we've given you guys some great information out there. So do you guys have any final comments before we wrap up? Yes. In the case of a laptop, we were talking about laptop maintenance versus desktop maintenance. And one of the things you want to make sure that you're doing is not accidentally doing harm to your laptop's battery because if these batteries get damaged they can heat up they can swell up they can cause you injury cause damage to the computer so just make sure that you know you're not doing crazy things to your batteries you're not storing these computers in very extreme temperatures um 
I feel like I'm missing but things. Can you guys think of anything? Laptop pie is so good. I wanted to put it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> well, get a raspberry pie. They're built for that. <laughs> also, but am I am I am I missing anything? Um. Well, I mean, I think I I think the basic thing here is is whether you have a desktop or a laptop, just make sure that you're keeping an eye on the physical hardware or your phone for that matter. Yeah, phones, I mean, tablets. If you're not- noticing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're noticing that the device is getting really hot, I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so just just uh, just be aware of your surroundings and just be smart about it. And you know, if uh, if the device is acting strangely in some way, shape, or form, you know, heating up a lot, or or sometimes this will exhibit itself as as your machine physically turning off. This may happen or rebooting. Um, that can be a sign of hardware issues. That's why I recycled uh, and, and, an old yep. Mac yesterday. There you I go. I was going to try to so. sell it, but it wouldn't stay booted. <laughs> so, yeah. nope. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, desktop computers and, and even laptops have a threshold. If they get to a certain temperature, if, if the machine's getting too warm, they're going to shut themselves down to protect themselves. So yeah. if you see that happening, uh, there's a problem. There's either an internal issue going on it's more than likely a fan issue with you know your computer's not getting enough cooling so just just really keep an eye on that and there are uh there are tools that are accessible to be able to uh monitor the temperatures within your desktop or even your laptop you know that is one thing that we really didn't cover much and that is your phones making sure you know one of the biggest things that happens on your phone is you know you the ports get something in them that may cause them not to charge you know we talk about all kinds of phone news and damage and all those things. But, you know, just make sure your phone stays in good shape. If you need to put it in a case, do that. You know, make sure the screen doesn't get cracked. Uh, It's important to make sure that it does stay in good condition. And, you know, here's some tips for using your phone. Android, there can be, because of the non-review time, apps can make it to Google Play that have viruses, folks. It can happen. You can also sideload apps on your phone. So you need to make sure that what you're loading is appropriate for your device. iOS, it things can still happen. You know, there are shortcuts that you could get online that have the ability to restart your phone. So, I mean, it literally launches a URL that your phone says, oh, I use that to restart myself. So if there's those kind of things, then what else can there be? There are actually shortcuts that do that. I have one that I got from Routine Hub that plays system sounds, and it actually plays the one that the uh, Air Power or the whatever it's called is going to use to charge your phone wirelessly. It sounds really cool. If we can get a copy of that, we'll throw it here in the podcast because you know they played it at the event, but. Uh, it's really neat sound, so we'll play it here. But it's it's really cool that uh, you know you have this power, but at the same time use it responsibly, and yeah. just keep in mind that there are th- there used to be jailbreaks, guys, online to jailbreak your iPhone that you would only have to point Safari to this website, and it would go in and hack your phone for you and install these other apps. So again, 
you need to be careful what you do. Be responsible. And just, you know, your phone, your computer is an extension of you. It is how you communicate with the web. So, you know, I, I'm, my hope is one day in the future, we won't have to have these podcasts that we could just say people will know, you know, or maybe, you know, we don't have to have this part where we talk about some uh, security or, you know, computer ethics or uh, computer hygiene, all of those topics. People will just know we're not there yet. And so we will always have to go to this topic occasionally just to update people. Um, but at the same time, common sense, guys, and just knowing how these devices work will really go a long way in helping you succeed with your technology. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think it was a great show. Um, hope, we hope everybody had a th great Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I did, ate a lot of food, got some toys. Um, I will talk about one of those in my pick. But I want to see if everybody had a great Thanksgiving and, you know, share a special thought because Thanksgiving is an important holiday here. So I want you guys to share, you know, if you want to about your Thanksgiving and just talk about, you know, if anything, hey, if you want. Our picks won't be picks. They'll be what we're thankful for. Like for my pick, I'm thankful for my scale that tells me how fat I am. <laughs> <laughs> tells me to stop eating turkey. Jeff, if you want to go ahead and start us off. Yes, thank you, Michael. We spent about six hours over at a friend's house for Thanksgiving, and we had wonderful food and lots of great geek time, as well as just, you know, lots of great fun chat. We really had a great time. And we picked up a game on the way home, even did some pre-Black Friday shopping for my son, David. Now, before I get into my pick, I wanted to mention here that we've talked a lot in this podcast about computer maintenance. And specifically, we've heard mention of a number of Microsoft products. I wanted to make it clear here that yes, I am a Microsoft employee, but the opinions that I've expressed here are my own and do not re represent Microsoft Corporation in any way. Now for my pick. My pick is an iOS app. It is not free. I believe the price is $3. And it's called Disk Decipher. If you're using an application either on Windows or Mac called Veracrypt, then this is the app that you will want to have for your iOS device. Veracrypt allows you to take a file, you can create the file, and then you can mount that as a disk and then copy files to this disk volume. The actual volume is encrypted so all of the files that are inside of this are secure. The cool thing about Disk Decipher is that you can open up an iOS share sheet and put this file into Disk Decipher and it will allow you to decrypt and view the files that are inside the volume. Kind of a geeky kind of a thing, but if you really need it, then you'll know, you know how you're gonna need to get this and configure it. It's a great app. I use it actually pretty frequently. Now, ways to get a hold of me. You can follow me on Twitter by following Jeff Bishop, J-E-F-F-B-I-S-H-O-P, or you can email me at jeff at jeffbishop.com. Allison, how about you? 
Well, we had a pretty quiet Thanksgiving. Jeremy had a cold, so we just kind of hung out, and I'm doing this weight loss thing, so I wasn't going to try to go anywhere where there was going to be turkey that I was going to be tempted by. But I really had a lot of time to think about the things I'm thankful for. And of course, you know, my family, my job, my dog, and everything like that. I'm always, every day, thankful for that. But I was just thinking about the friendships that I have forged as part of iAccessibility and the confidence that I have gained, you know, being on more podcasts week after week after week um, and talking about different topics, sometimes really with not a whole lot of time to prepare. I've, I've found that that's actually helped me a lot. Um, and so I'm thankful for the skills that I'm building as part of this team on the, on the board and just as a member of the community as well. And like I said, for the fabulous friendships that I know will last a lifetime that I have forged with all of you guys. So thanks for that. Um, in terms of my pick, I'm actually picking something that I've really only um, become uh, aware of and used recently, and it's actually going to be going away soon. And these are the uh, eyes free fitness workouts from blindalive.com. Um, you can download all of these workouts for free. They used to be available for pay. Um, but sadly, um, Blind Alive is gonna, and I Free, Eyes Free Fitness are going to be going away. And so after December 31st, it's not really known if the workouts are going to be available anywhere else. So I would download them. I've downloaded them all and saved them somewhere safe um, so that I will always have access to them. And I want to I want to thank Mel Scott. Um, I'm thankful to her for putting together these workouts and all the people that she has had um, contributing over the years. Um, writing descriptions or testing or um, narrating the descriptions or putting together the the actual steps for the workouts in a way that we can understand. So that is my pick and I hope that everybody will go and take advantage of that and get and get those workouts while you can. Um, the app especially we don't know if it's going to be around after December 31st so I would go to the website on the computer be old school and get get the files that way and then put them somewhere in cloud storage. In terms of how you can get a hold of me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can follow me on Twitter at hot4technology. That's hot, the number four technology. You can find out all about what I'm doing here for iAccessibility and other random projects I've got going on in my life. And you can also send me an email. I am at allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at iAccessibility.net. All right. So, Aaliyah, how about you? Well, uh, as I've said before, my pick this week is a scale which tells me that I'm fat and tells me to stop eating. No, it is a... Uh, I'm assuming the way you pronounce it is UFI. E-U-F-Y. It's a body sense uh, smart scale. It's only $40, so the price tag might make you think, yeah, it's kind of yucky. It's not. The app is okay with voiceover. It is not that accessible, let me tell you. It's it's just the way some of these things are. Um, and I intend to email the developer and talk to them about it. But the scale is very accurate and it pairs very easily with your phone. And I was able to figure it out relatively quickly. You can find buttons and things fairly easily. It synchronizes to Apple Health and 
to Fitbit, I think, as well. So, uh, just, it's $40, so you're really not out much money if it doesn't work for you, and you can always return it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so. My I produce content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A at iAccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. All right, and Jason, how about you? So my Thanksgiving was kind of uneventful, but at least I got to spend time with a family I hadn't seen in a while. Um, got to eat food because food. <laughs> and I feel bad for saying that because Allison, I know you're doing your, uh, your, your, you know, you're doing your. Uh, it's weight okay. Loss it's stuff, not forever. But... So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow, that was really insensitive of me. <laughs> I'll only cry a little. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, as as I didn't really eat a lot on Thanksgiving, as much as I mean, I I ate a lot, but I didn't overeat. So, but it was still a good Thanksgiving. Um, as far as my pick, my pick is the Klipsch Pro Media Two Point One speakers. They are um, multimedia speakers, and they can connect to your TV, they can connect to anything with a headphone jack really um that you can you can use. They have a headphone cable that is built into the one of the speakers. They also have another one that you can uh a headphone jack rather that you can plug a cable into to connect another device to them. Unfortunately though it only appears you can you you can that you can use one connection at a time on the version I have, which that kind of stinks, but, um, they also have Bluetooth. So, so if you have like the Amazon echoes or something, you can have it connect to the speakers. That's what I do with my echo. Uh, they sound really, 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 really nice. Um, they have a six and a half inch sub. I don't remember the specs as far as wattages and things, but they sound really good. Really, really good. Better than the dock I've mentioned on previous shows. Um, and I've since replaced it with them. Um, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them at, at Best Buy. You can get them from Clips themselves, although I think their website has some weird accessibility issues going on. Um, but yeah, they're really, really good. I love them. Um, so that is my pick. As far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. You can also follow me on Twitter at JDE91. So that just leaves me. So I want to say that I'm thankful for every listener out there. I'm thankful for everybody that's on this show and I'm thankful for everybody who participates in the iAccessibility community that we have on WhatsApp. It's an open group. Anybody can join. You know, we are trying to work out a system to filter spam because we've been hit by those kind of accounts. So, you know, that's an issue. But I want to say this, guys. We have reached 70 participants in the community group. That's an insanely big whatsapp group to talk about tech so i'm really excited about that and i think that's a neat milestone also our ios app 
officially now has 871 downloads. Woohoo! That's pretty awesome. So share it with your friends. Send it off. I'm very thankful for all of the things that we've done. We've really been a great group, and you know we're going to continue on. Um, you know, we spent Thanksgiving with my mother here at the apartment. It was a good Thanksgiving. We ate a lot of food and it was a great weekend. We watched uh big bang theory on the Apple TV all Friday. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, we did not go out shopping. So that, that is, uh-uh. you know, we wanted to stay out of the crowd. So we did get a new couch though. So that was pretty neat. <laughs> Do we need to do a demo cast of the couch? I think we need to do a demo couch. Uh, cast a demo the... couch. Demo couch. You just said demo couch. I did just say demo couch. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be doing a demo cast of this couch because it's the oh ultimate God. techie couch. And The so... demo couch cast. <laughs> so that is exciting. My pick for this week is my birthday present from my wonderful girlfriend, Aaliyah. She got me the Google Wi-Fi router to replace our time capsule because it was getting out of date. And, oh my gosh, it is so cool. I can't say how cool this... I can't explain enough how this is so cool. The Google Wi-Fi router works through an app on your phone and it is completely accessible. It is. It supports mesh networking. So you could hook a bunch of them up and extend your network throughout your house. It only has two ports. That's kind of a weird thing, but it uses USB-C for power. It has an interesting feature where most routers allow for a 2.4 and a 5 gigahertz network. This will steer you in the direction of what network will be the best performance for your device, which is totally cool. I've never seen a router that would do that. And the nice thing is it's $99. It used to be $130. They've gone down in price. And they sell them and uh, you could buy one, you could buy two or three at a time. And they're just a very nice router. So I highly recommend them. Google Wi-Fi. Uh, check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Very excited about this. Uh, we have had less uh, breakups on this wireless network, and we still haven't even set up the guest network, which that'll be interesting to see how that goes. So, All right. If you want to find me, you can at iaccessibility.net. I'm always producing content there. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter. You can search me on Facebook. Just search for Michael Doeys. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iaccessibility.net. And I have a website, michaeldoeys.com, and I'm all over the web. So check it out. All right. If you want to find iAccessibility, you can at iaccessibility.net or iaccessibility1 on Twitter. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search for iaccessibility. We have our iAccessibility iOS app, and we now have the iAcast Android app. So search for us on there. We are all over the web. Just search for iAccessibility, and you'll find us. 
We can be reached at our email at feedback at iaccessibility.net, or we have our official hashtag of IACast. So if you want to leave us feedback or comments, you could do so at both of those places. And you could actually leave uh, podcast feedback in our Android app. So that's pretty cool, too. If you want to see our outtakes, you can at patreon.com slash IACast. You'll have to become a patron, but it's there. And you can find us on YouTube and all over the web. So check us out online. So that's going to do it for this episode of the IACast. We will be back next week with a new episode as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, LLC.